And especially right now, joy is what's going to propel us forward and joy is what's going to move us into that next chapter of our lives. So many of us are recreating what is our new normal. So many of us are either homeschooling or we're working from home or we're doing you know, different things trying to figure out what's next. I create a pathway so that we can get from where they are now to understanding who they want to be and then getting to a place of recreating their lives and building in that joy, building in that joy that comes from the inside that will then propel them forward and create the life that they now can lead with authenticity. Oh, I love talking to life coaches. Uh, <laughs> it just is music to my ears. And I know everyone listening is like, yay, yay. let's do that. This is your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 360 with guest Liza Harper. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. And I hope that this episode finds you healthy and happy and pandemic good. I know that's what a lot of us have been saying when we're answering the question, how are you? Because we have a new standard, right? Pandemic good, pandemic fine, pandemic great. It's a little bit different than how we're doing, how we were doing maybe this time last year, right? But nonetheless, I hope that you are well. And I have a really great conversation to give to you this week. And before I do that, I wanted to congratulate the people that participated and won the drawing Uh, and the survey that we did uh, around the podcast. And thank you so much for those of you who participated and the winners who won an amazing, exclusive, can't find in stores, your kick-ass life tote bag, along with personalized signed copies of both of my books. Those winners are Becca Kemp, Tazneem Mohammed, and Allison Arns. And again, thank you for those of you that participated. I decided to keep the survey open a little bit longer. I am opening it until November 11th. So if you still wanted to answer the few questions that we have up there, please, please, please head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash survey. It is incredibly helpful to us to get this information from you. And I was looking over the survey and I added a question at the very end. It's not a mandatory question for you to answer if you don't want to, but I asked just kind of like, what else do you want me to know (laughs) with a text box for you to tell us whatever you want to tell us. And if you already filled out the survey and you're like, hey, I I have so much I want to tell you please shoot an email over to support at yourkickasslife.com with a subject line, podcast feedback. And that question or that email really is uh, anything that you want to tell us about the show. More specifically, if you heard a guest on another show that you think would be great for over here, let us know. Or if there are specific topics that we haven't covered, or maybe I haven't covered it in a really long time, I am happy and open to hear your suggestions. So again, yourkickasslife.com slash survey, although the drawing is already done, I am so, so, so grateful for those of you that can take the time to give us some feedback. 
All right. We have Liza Harper on today. And for those of you that don't know Liza, let me tell you a little bit about her. Liza Harper is a New York City-born and Phoenix living life and divorce coach, mom of three, who wants to empower every woman to find clarity through divorce and redesign their lives from the inside out. She wants to empower women to unleash their inner desires and live life by their own design. Live by Design LLC was born out of her passion for wanting to create a place to help women forward to live their life without resistance. It is a place to encourage women to be independent, strong, and courageous to be the boss of their own lives. Her mission is to help every woman unleash their desires and divorce differently, amicably, and to provide knowledge and support for women to find clarity through their relationships and transitions, especially surrounding divorce. So without further ado, here is Liza. Liza, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am glad that you said yes and decided to come on because, you know, I was reading about what it is that you do and your history and your story. And I'm like, this lady is so in alignment with what we talk about over here. And I've been a little bit obsessed as of lately with talking about and having experts on on the particular topic and also women who have been through difficult relationships and how they have healed from that. So we're going to talk about that in a minute, but first I want to I want to ask you about what it is that you do. And I, I love on your website and, and you say that you help women who have been through traumatic experiences redesign their lives and find joy again. So, so let's start with that. Like, what are, some, what are some of those traumatic experiences that your clients come to you with? Sure, absolutely. And thank you so much again for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to share my experiences and what I do. So what I do is I call myself a life designer, a life redesigner, I should say, because what I do is I help women who have been through divorce, grief, loss, relationship changes, essentially find their new chapter and find their joy. So as I've noticed, and I'm sure you have as well, with everything that's going on in the world, so many of us have had such a hard time really getting to the place of joy, You know, getting back to what makes us happy. We've all been quarantined. We've all had so much going on. And especially right now, joy is what's going to propel us forward. And joy is what's going to move us into that next chapter of our lives. So many of us are recreating what is our new normal. So many of us are either homeschooling or we're working from home or we're doing you know, different things trying to figure out what's next. And what I did and what I do for my clients is I create a pathway so that we can get from where they are now to understanding who they want to be and then getting to a place of recreating their lives and building in that joy, building in that joy that comes from the inside that will then propel them forward and create the life that they now can lead with authenticity. Oh, I love talking to life coaches. (laughs) (laughs) It's just music to my ears. And I know everyone listening is like, yay, Yay. let's do that. Well, and I'm, I'm curious when you, what's kind of been the norm about, when women come to work with you, are they in that place of, I 
forgot who I was along the way, or they don't know what joy actually looks like in their life? Like what are kind of some of the nuances? You know, it's interesting because I get a little bit of both. You know, I feel like from my own experiences, and we can get into that later a little bit, you know, I remember a time where I didn't even know what joy looked like. And so some of the clients that come my way are either going through divorce and or preparing for a divorce, and they're realizing when everything falls away that they're not even sure who they are anymore. They have no idea what even makes them happy. They've been so accustomed and so programmed to the day in and day out, you know, picking up the kids or going, you know, to work and then coming home to a husband that, you know, or wife that is, you know, they're not really connecting. So it's like almost like a zombie going through the motions. And then when everything falls away, they're like, oh my God, like, who am I? Like, what do I like to do? And do I like mm-hmm. yoga? Do I like you know, to go out to restaurants and eat? Do I, what is it like to even take myself out on a date? You know, that, and that's one of the exercises that I do because I feel like it's so important to be able to know who you are. And then I do get, you know, some clients as well that are in in the same, are in the place of also not even knowing what joy even looks like. They, it's been so long that they're not even sure how to get there. And that's where, you know, again, we help with getting them back to that place of just losing time. You know, that's where I go, you know, to, to for those clients who are unsure of what even joy feels like, we go back, we go way back to what was it like when you used to lose time doing something? What was that one thing? Sometimes it's even like playing in the dirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had one client that was like, well, I remember when I was young, I just, you know, used to go outside in my yard and just, you know, play with the garden, my mom's garden. I'm like, okay, well. Make mud pies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's start there. Let's start there. And it's amazing mm-hmm. how it can unfold to, to what brings us joy today. It's like following that feeling. Yeah, I remember writing about that in my first book, In 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. I wrote a short chapter about having fun. And Mm -hmm. I I have found that when we get to that place, which I think so many adults do, where we don't have fun anymore, or we Mm. realize like, when was the last time I had fun? Like when I sought out to have fun, Mm -hmm. create pleasure in my life that I ask people like, think about what you did as a kid. I'm not necessarily saying that you are going to find the same amount of joy putting on a bathing suit or not even putting on a bathing suit, like running through sprinklers Mm -hmm. or doing the hula hoop, like you might, Mm -hmm. but I I think like that's where it's important to experiment because you, you never know. And it's just getting yourself to take that kind of action where you're taking a risk when you're, you're doing something silly instead of thinking that you can't, or it's frivolous or it's dumb, or it's just for kids. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like, you have to get out of that not just your comfort zone, but out of that stuck mindset of fun needs to le- to look a certain way for adults. Oh my God. Yes. I am it's so... It's not necessarily Bunko for everybody. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've like... never played Bunko, so I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole thing is that we need that. And we forget. We think that just because we became adults and have, and, you know, have responsibilities that that means that fun is no longer acceptable. But it is. It freaking for sure is. Like we need to do that way more every single day. I am all about infusing pleasure and joy every day. A little something every day just for you is literally like a da- daily vitamin. People should do it every day. Yeah, I, I had to come to terms with that recently. 
I have, I hired a new therapist this year and that was one of the questions in, in our intake session. And she, she asked it so casually and I am never stumped for an answer. Like I'll come up with something, even if it's a joke, like, (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what the answer is, but I will make something funny. And she asked me, what do you do for fun? Mm -hmm. And I was totally stumped. I mean, granted it was COVID, so Mm -hmm. nobody was really doing anything. But even before that, I was like, I, nothing. Mm-hmm. really nothing. So it was a little bit disheartening and and really in your face to for me to to really think about that and and how am I making this a priority? And so I say that mm-hmm. for people listening who might not be like yes, it's still 2020 and and kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and we're but waiting still, for it to be no, I'm kidding. We're not waiting for it to there be. There are still <laughs> things. Like some people love doing jigsaw puzzles yep. or I've got the, the, the list really is endless of, mm-hmm. of things. We just have to kind of think outside of the box. Yeah, absolutely. I com- I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's why it's so important. Even the small things like this weekend, I infused joy in my life by creating this amazing caprese salad because I wanted to recreate the energy that I had in Positano last year. I went to Italy for the first time last year and that, that was my joy. So it could be as simple as just taking the time to prepare a meal for yourself that doesn't require microwaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it could be that simple. I'm interrupting this conversation to share a few words about some of our wonderful sponsors. Voting should be free, fair, safe, and easy to access. The 2020 election presents us with a call to rise and fight those who plot and mobilize to undermine our right to vote. Those in power erect barriers to hold onto that power and prevent people of color, young people, and people with disabilities from exercising our right to share our vision for America. Whether making it harder to register and stay on the rolls, closing polling places, or rejecting lawful ballots, opponents of our democracy continue to deploy a host of tactics that threaten fair representation. You don't have to wait until November 3rd to cast your ballot. Be an October voter. In most states, you can vote early in October. Request your mail ballot, return your completed ballot in the mail or in person, or vote early at an early voting location. There's no time to waste. Treat every day like Election Day to make sure all voices are heard. Make a plan to vote. Be an October voter. Visit andstillivote.org to join the fight for voting rights today. That's andstillivote.org. Paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. Well, I also read a post on your website about being stuck and you, in, in the post, you were recalling a story about going through two divorces and you, the thing that stuck out to me the most is that you mentioned that it's always worked out for you when you bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us what, what that means? What does it mean to bet on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a crazy story and I'm going to do my best to shorten it here. So essentially I am from New York city and I was born and bred to hustle essentially you know make sure that i was doing everything i can to live my best life i grew up pretty poor and wanted to have the most amazing life that was my drive it was like there's no way i'm going to continue to be broke like there's got to be a way for me to to live rich like everybody else why can't i be like everybody else so ever since i was in school i continued to work hard i continued to get straight a's so i am a recovering perfectionist for sure and i just wanted to race and get everything done. 
Well, then life, you know, threw me a curveball and was like, oh, you've got a baby at 19. So now you're pregnant. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. this was not part of my plan. And I was like, universe, God, what are you doing right here? And I had to pivot. And so, you know, that was like betting on myself, number one. Like right there, I knew I was not going to let, you know, my choice and, and having a baby you know, change the trajectory of the life that I wanted to live. So she actually gave me even more force to continue to move forward. So I moved out of my parents' house at 19 years old, had various apartments throughout New York City and places like Queens and Brooklyn and different places. And for those of you who might, may or may not be familiar, and then got married uh, pretty young and had my second baby and realized while I was in that marriage, you know, I was pretty, mm, what's the word I want to use? Essentially, like I was calling in people that I thought I could save. So I was totally a rescuer and wanting to essentially save everybody. So my ex has my first husband definitely was someone that I thought like I could fix, quote unquote. And, you know, I allowed that relationship to go on quite a long time, much longer than my gut wanted me to uh, let that go. But I didn't, you know, I didn't listen to the signs. I kept moving forward thinking I knew better. And I, when we, then we decided that we would pick up our family and move to Arizona. And we wanted to move to Arizona so that we could start a better, have a better life so that we could build a business and essentially not no longer have to work for someone else. At that time, I had this amazing, amazing job that I thought I would be there forever in the fashion industry. And I gave that all up to bet on myself and my husband one more time and completely move across the country knowing no one. Mm-hmm. And just you know, doing it on our own with two small kids, and you know, then we got here, and my second husband or my first husband, excuse me, got you know got his eye on a twenty two year old girl, and you know decided that that was who he wanted to be with, and so here I was, you know, in my late twenties, with two kids in a farm place, essentially, no family, nobody here, and I had to reinvent myself. So it was one of the most traumatic times of my life. And we had built a business that was solely, that was the way that I fed my family. And he was um, a narcissist and is one still. And he came after me with everything, everything you could think of. And it was the most difficult time. But what I realized in those moments was that setting my boundaries having clear communication and having the support of my family, even from far away was what got me through that. And knowing that I could do anything that I put my mind to. So going back to those roots from New York city, being raised in the grind and knowing that I can put my mind to anything and make it happen is what got me through those moments of having to, you know, lose the company that I had helped build, lose all the money that you could even imagine and still somehow to support my family. But I did it. And what I did was I pivoted. I pivoted every moment. I got another job. I got a couple of jobs. I hired a babysitter. I did whatever it took, you know, to make sure that my family was fed, they were well taken care of, and I did what I had to do. I just and the major thing there is I never gave up. I never ever gave up because I knew that no matter what, I was meant to be here for a reason. 
And this was just part of the journey. And it taught me so much about my inner voice, about listening to my intuition, and about knowing that no matter where you are in your life, it, it will get better. If you choose, if you choose it, you can make a different choice. You can choose to do something that's out that may be outside of your norm, but that will allow you to move forward. And this was completely out of my norm. I could have now, if I would have chosen to go back to New York City, that would have been fine too, but that didn't feel right. Um, it mm-hmm. didn't feel right to go and move everyone back over there. So, and then, you know, as, as you mentioned, I, I've been married twice. And so my second husband and I, you know, married uh, pretty quickly after my, after my um, first divorce. I was kind of a mess to be a mess emotionally. I was on point when it came to survival, right? I was in survival mode. I was doing whatever it took for my family. But as far as myself personally and emotionally, I was a mess because I had my husband had just cheated on me. I didn't want to see it. This was before my life coaching um, career. And I I just I chose to to shy away from it. So I got involved with someone who was super similar to my first husband, except in better clothes, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, realized that, you know, very quickly I realized I had done it again, but I was too shameful um to admit it. And I went through with our with our marriage and and he was not a bad guy. He just wasn't necessarily um we weren't just not the right fit to be partners. And we were more so a good fit for each other at that moment when we're both we were like both healing from different parts of our lives. And it's like, we kind of came together to help support each other heal. And really that's where our, where it would have been better to end it. But I didn't see that. And I kept thinking, Oh, this will be the great husband that I wanted. And it just didn't turn out to be that way. But, you know, so, you know, with that, it's where, again, deciding that I needed to bet on myself and I needed to continue to pivot. And so even as that relationship was falling apart and we had a baby in the mix, in the middle of that as well, you know, I realized that I, again, had a choice. And so I could continue to go down this cycle of attracting men that I thought I needed to save and, or, you know, wanted to like rebuild or fix, or I could look inward and go, into myself. So that's what I did. So the second time around, this was me betting on me even more personally was that I decided at that moment that I was going to not date, that I was going to work on myself. And this is where I started my um, life coaching experience. And then also, you know, my own experience in turning inward and finding out who I really was. And it's how I found my joy. And that is where I created the program you know, and my work to help other women find their joy to get through divorce and traumatic experiences. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for sharing all of that. And I, I am sure that, that people saw bits and pieces of themselves in your story mm. and you, know, you and I have parallel lives. I similarly <laughs> was married to a narcissist and 
Um, I had Britt Frank on recently, and she's a, a psychotherapist who specializes in helping people heal from narcissistic um, relationships. And uh, she has this course that I'm taking, and she talks about these like six different kinds of narcissists. And I'm like, oh my God, that's him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I say that because she talks about what you were talking about when um, there's, I forget what the name of it is, which type mm-hmm. seems to attract people who are fixers and nurturers. Um, I think it's the vulnerable narcissist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it's, I was very similar and, and I don't know if this was the case with you. It, it sounded like it a little bit, mm-hmm. but I got out of, you know, my two back-to-back relationships with, and it was the same, like same guy, better clothes the second time around mm-hmm. and was just a little bit taller. <laughs> um, and I walked out of the second catastrophe thinking like, maybe it's me. Oh my God, me too. And it was like, Mm -hmm. yes, they had done shitty things Mm -hmm. and they had behaved poorly and needed to do so much of their own work. And Mm -hmm. so did I. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And it, you know, and, and I, it took me a while to accept this and it was either a therapist or a coach told me, you know, sometimes the people who break our hearts the worst in retrospect, turn out to be our biggest teachers. Right. And when I first heard that, I was like, that you can fuck all the way off with that. <laughs> like, no, I want to choose my teachers and I would not have chosen this. But they were right. Like in retrospect, like once you do start to heal and and can create distance between you and what happened and you and that person, absolutely. Those, especially those two men in my life have been my biggest teachers. Oh my God, I can wholeheartedly agree. And I remember the same thing happened when my second marriage ended. I just remember crying on the bathroom floor more mm-hmm. times than I want to admit, saying, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I just don't understand. What did I do to get here? And same thing where I was like, there's no way that these people are my teachers. Like, these mofos are crazy sauce. Like, it's not me. Yeah. And um, But it was that experience. And it was actually a... It's funny how the world happens. But I remember being down in the dumps and feeling like shit. And I was happened to be scrolling through Facebook and I saw something that Susan Hyatt posted about her, the book, um, about a book that she read and that, and I think it was Martha Beck's book, uh, finding your North star. Mm-hmm. And that is how I started that, that. Yeah. That was one of my first books too. It was good. We'll drop it in the show notes. That's it's, so it's funny. A, it is a great book. Yeah. You mentioned something that I want to ask you more about in your, I can't remember if you said it was in your first relationship or your second one, it might've been both (laughs) where you were, you ignored your gut. Like your Mm -hmm. intuition said Mm -hmm. either it's time to get out or it's, you know, you're not making the right decision and you ignored it. I'm I'm curious why, you know, now that you're out, why do you think that you ignored your intuition? That's such a great question. So I think about this question often actually for myself, because I realized then or realize now that I ignored my intuition because I thought I knew better. I thought that there was no way that I had been making this mistake. And even though I had my whole life had followed my intuition, like throughout grade school, I had always had a really strong intuition and a really strong way of knowing what I want and and getting it. And then I got involved with my first husband. And I swear, it's like, everything went out the window. I just was like, nope, I've got this. Like, I'll figure it out. And it was total ego. And I just 
didn't listen. And, you know, when I think back in those moments, I knew that I was not making the best choices for myself, but I feel like the shame of making those bad choices was what kept me continuing, continuing to make them, if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose face in front of everybody. I came from a family who I am the one or one of the, you know, the, I guess the sister that is doing, you know, super well. And that, you know, I didn't want everybody to know like, oh my God, you're making all these mistakes. And I didn't want to lose face in front of my family and friends. So I continued to go down this rabbit hole of making choices that were not, that were not the best for me. Yeah. I can relate. I, I did the same thing and, and I just was curious. I'm like, do people have different reasons? <laughs> um, and I, I, it, for me, it was that plus I knew that if I listened to my intuition, I was going to have to take action that sucked yeah. and both outcomes were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like on one hand, mm-hmm. if I stay in this relationship that my gut is telling me is not good for me and it's just not going to end well, no matter how much I was hoping and trying to get this man to change and how much I was going to try to love him more, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is to listen to my gut and walk away. And same as you, the, the fear and shame and stigma of a failing marriage, I think now even in 2020 where we're so much more forgiving to people mm-hmm. who get divorced, especially you know for a long time, a woman who was divorced, it was, it was incredibly taboo and, and there was so much judgment and criticism. That's different now, but it hasn't totally gone away. You know, there still is, I think, this fear of being perceived a certain way when our relationships don't work out and, and then, and the heartbreak of it. I think like, even if you, I always tell people, I'm like divorce. And even if you are not married to the person, you're, if you're in a long relationship and it breaks up, it sucks. Even if you're the person who wants to, you know, if you're the one making the decision to walk away, it's incredibly painful, especially if you have children together and have to co-parent, like the whole thing just sucks. And so I think that's a big reason why we stay. Like that hope that it's going to work out is strong. I, I I don't know about you, but I felt like I would rather be in this not great slash sometimes shitty relationship than no relationship at all. Oh my God. Yeah. And you know, as you were talking, it made me think of this moment where I realized I had fallen in love with both of my husband's. I had fallen in love with their potential, Mm -hmm. you know, not with who they really were, but like that glimmer that, you know, where everything worked out. Yeah. Those moments. And I feel like it was the, when I realized that that is what opened the door for me to be able to find myself again. When I realized like, wow, like this was, these are, this is who you fall you fell in love with. This is the real person. And that's okay because we all have moments that we fall for the guy for where, for where they are in that particular moment. We fall for that specific glimmer that makes us think like, oh, they're always going to be this way and they're always going to grow with us and they're always going to be supportive of us. And then we realize that there's much more to a person than just like this two second glimmer. And so, you know, that's when for me, it was that moment when I decided I could, um, 
forgive myself. And that is when I felt comfortable to say, you know, it was time to leave and it was time to, to move forward and, and do a different, do something different. And even though, you know, ending a relationship was difficult, especially my second husband, because him and I, it was different. You know, we had essentially fallen out of love um, and he fell out of love first. And so there wasn't like this big catastrophic event. There wasn't a cheating and there wasn't, and not that that makes it worse or better, but it was for, for me, it was harder to move, move on from that because I felt like it was me. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I felt like it was difficult to, to see what my next step was because if this person had fallen in love with, had fallen out of love with me, how can I make, you know, then it's me, like what's wrong with me. And then that's when I realized and in my, in finding my way back to myself is when I realized like it's. I had to do a lot of work on me and loving myself. And that is the premise of my work and the work that I do with women now is surrounded around self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a big journey for me too. And and I, I love that you talked about, you know, you had to forgive yourself. And for me, that's been an ongoing process that I make some progress and then I just don't think about it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> And then it somehow rears its ugly head in this sort of like indirect way. And I'm like, whoa, where'd you come from? Mm -hmm. You're back. Um, More recently this year and and really diving into trauma therapy with my new therapist and and what I was, I was crying in one session with her and, and, you know, she was, you know, asking me all the, all the right questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I said to her is, you know, my, inner critic, my negative self-talk around, especially my, my second relationship, because that one was, um, I mean, the level of, of betrayal and stories he made up and fabrications was so severe that I walked away just thinking to myself, like, what a stupid girl. And also when, um, did you ever see on Netflix or listen to the podcast, uh, dirty John? No, I didn't. Okay. So I was actually, I found out about it cause I was telling my friend Lisa, my story about the guy I dated who lied about his opioid addiction by telling me he had cancer. And, and she was like, have you ever heard of this podcast? I'm like, no. And she's like, you have to go listen to it because it's a really similar story. So I went and listened to the podcast and was like, holy shit, this is like a thing that mm. people do, addicts do. And then they later turned it, it was so successful, they turned it into a Netflix series. Mm. And it was it was really difficult for me to watch the series. The podcast was interesting, but when the series came out and they had him as a character, where in the podcast they didn't they didn't interview him, um, but in they you know they it was like a dramatic reenactment yeah. <laughs> on Netflix, <Yeah. laughs> and there he is like yeah. in the flesh and and doing all these things that my ex boyfriend did, and it was extremely difficult for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I tell you this story because wow. online when people are talking about that show or that podcast, there's so many comments online saying, "How could she have been?" And so stupid. Mm. And so my own inner critic is telling me that even before I see all those things. And then I see people saying that, and they're not saying that directly about me, but she and I have a very similar story. And so I'm like, essentially people are saying that about me. So see, it's true. 
So that what, and you know, here I am, you know, two self-help books in and I, and I teach about inner critic work and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so much more than just negative self-talk many times because it is shame work and it is shame resilience that we have to learn. It's a very long way of me talking about shame resilience. (laughs) Um, And just, and really that it's not something that is one and done. And I mean, I don't know about you, but, and I, and you're, you're years out of your, your second divorce ending, correct? Yes. I'm almost five now, almost five years. Do you you feel like you're still working on the healing? Oh my God. Every day, every day. And just what you were saying about shame resilience, this is huge for me as well. I realized when I had gotten out of my second divorce, I did also do some therapy as well and realized like, wow, I had so much shame built up from many years, different types of shame, but they all kind of came into relationships essentially. And they all transferred into my relationships. And so it is still something that I work through every single day and something, you know, that we, that we, that I teach, you know, along with, because uh, finding our way back to joy is essentially getting through those layers. You know, we've got to get through those layers of, of self-healing and loving ourselves again. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. And where can people, where can people find you? Like what social media channel do you hang out the most and how can they learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram on Facebook. I am under live by design and also under the, my name, Liza Harper. And then on Instagram, I'm under Liza L Harper. So you can find me there and I would, yeah, connect with anyone who um, is interested in knowing more about me and just wanting to hang out and say hello. So I, uh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I will drop those links into the show notes for everybody along with Liza's website. And uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. You know how I love that you spend time with me and my guests. Thank you so much for that time. And until next time, everybody, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.